Hey guys, welcome to the next installment of the Upscale Podcast. I'm Mitch Van, and I've got Nathan and Arena with me on the couch today. On the couch, yes, you on the do. Couch. Our brand new couch. Yeah, first time that all three of us have been here together. Uh, how much more comfortable is this? <laughs> um, it's close <laughs> and intimate. I will put it there. If you guys are listening and not watching this on YouTube, we will see that there's there's no uh, forgiveness here. We are very close. It's quite intimate. I do like it's a big couch as well, but like there's another there's all this stuff over here and all this stuff over here. But just so we can get this on camera, we are all compressed in. Yeah. Yep, I like nice it. And close. What have we been up to? You weren't on the last two episodes that we've had. Uh, yeah. What have you been? I've been working from home, you smashing have. out meetings. You have. So you yeah, have. just helping people, you know, get the head in the space and just hang out with them and going through issues that come up. So um, that's where I was. But right. let's let's go a little deeper on that. You work one on one with our clients in, I guess, an accounting space, a bookkeeping space. What what is it? Um, I think it's um oh, far out. It is for me. It's most mostly an educational space mm-hmm. where I just sit down with our clients and help them understand their numbers. Yep. Help them understand what their accountant is doing. Help them review what their bookkeeper is doing or what. Because you doing. have full back end access to their uh zero myb whatever it is that they yep. use in that space. Yeah. Yep. And then we usually step into a little bit of management accounting where we look at their KPIs and their targets that they've set for themselves and we just track and see how close they are or how far away and we set uh, see if there's any red flags, anything that we should address now. Red flags, flags, yeah. So um, that's a lot of what I'm doing and, you know, day-to-day cash flow, um, how can we plan better, how can we make it better in the future. Um, So I deal with a lot of that, yeah. Perfect. I love it. And um, I mean, you've been here with me uh, for the last couple, but how you been? Day in, day out. Day Same in. as yesterday. Yeah. <laughs> I'm good, man. What about you? Man, I'm good. I'm good. I actually, uh, I don't know if you guys have listened to it yet, but I jumped on and did a, a lonesome podcast the other night all by myself. I was in here late at night and I thought, you know what? i got some shit to say. Celine Dion playing in the background. Oh, <laughs> I, there was a moment there where I was thinking, did I, did I have Celine <laughs> playing in the background? I don't remember that. But, um, yeah, no, it was good. Um, I've enjoyed a lot of things. I've been having a lot of fun. A lot of fun with clients, a lot of new clients coming on board, which is always exciting. It's like that, especially clients that haven't had coaching before. Mm-hmm. And so I always yeah. find that a really yeah. fun space because it's, so simple to get real quick wins on the board. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Couldn't agree more. Yeah. So uh, look, we're all joined here today. Uh, what are we discussing? What are you guys feeling? What are you feeling? <laughs> what am I feeling? Yeah. What are we feeling like talking about? Oh, Farad, I think let's um, talk about preparing for scary times. Yeah. Preparing for scary <laughs> times. Future proofing the business. Future proofing the business. Mm-hmm. So scary times and future proofing the business. So there's just a lot of concern around like rising interest rates and what's going to happen. And, you know, I, I feel also this time of the year, like a lot of trade businesses were a bit slow the last two months, maybe. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. maybe that Christmas, maybe you had some time off and you get back to work and you're like, oh, um, I need to act now and I'm getting a little bit scared. So, yeah, I think we should jump into that. I feel like there's a lot of Chinese whispers around at the moment mm-hmm. around all of this as well because historically this is the quietest time of the year and I've heard a lot of people saying, you know, I think it's interest rates are going up, people are, you know, mm-hmm. battling down the hatches. And that compounds the problem. Yeah. It really does. Yeah. Yep. There's a lot of fear. I yeah. think fear is the word right now. 
Yeah. And I do think it's interesting. You brought it up. You know, we, we talk about like November, like October, like all that kind of like pre-Christmas is always a really busy period of time. Mm. And people get this massive influx of money and they go out and spend. Yeah. Like we we know in our coaching uh, ourselves that the amount of people that we've talked to in the last kind of like one or two months and they've gone out and just bought stuff because they had money sitting there. Mm. One, they've forgotten that a lot of that money's theirs. Yeah. Yep, it's just money that's come into the business um, in an increased capacity. Um, but then two, you couple that with the fact that December you have less billable days to actually charge. Yep. January you have less billable days. You go from an average of 21 down to like 17. Same in February. Same in February. Um, and then ultimately credit card debt comes into play, like people like bill repayments and all this kind of stuff comes in February, March, 55 days normally the average credit card limit, um, and people start to feel that pinch. And it just creates this mental perception that things are way worse than they are. Yeah. And then we go into this buyer mentality of, oh, I haven't got money. Mm. So we stop spending. Yeah. And then everyone stops spending. And then it creates this cyclical problem that doesn't get doesn't change until accounting accountants tell everyone at june hey you should spend some money because you've got some tax incentives yeah Yeah. i I feel like there's a lot a lot of irrational decisions get made around this time as well yep you know the same people i was conversating with last year we were too busy we couldn't find enough staff yeah now with a little bit of downtime and it's gone a little bit quiet yeah the conversations have gone to how i'm going to keep these staff what am i going to do where am i going to generate more more clients from yeah and you add to that people have taken time off and not done the lead generation, not done all of these things. And that's why we believe so heavily in building a business around a system. Mm -hmm. So no matter what month it is, no matter what day it is, no matter what week it is, you are still investing the same amount of time into lead gen, same amount of resources into lead gen, no matter what it is for hiring, like everything. Mm -hmm. Everything in business should happen consistently over time as opposed to, oh, my God, I'm quiet now. I'm going to do lead gen. Otherwise, otherwise you get those periods. Just like this, up, down. You do all that lead generation. I think you'd be really good at that. Have you got? How is it? Yeah. So, since this is like an audio broadcast, oh, mostly. For anyone that's wondering, it's like we were doing weight, the, the hands. Yeah. 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 So yeah, it's the up down motion, and growth in business is never going to be straight line up. No. You know, we were going over uh, quite a few of our clients' performance since joining um, Upscale Business Coaching yesterday. Yeah. And we saw that while tr- statistically, since they've joined, they've all gone up. It's never just a straight line. It's always like a nice little like this. And what we want to do. Like what? Like he's making a step, like a a staircase. Yep. Um, What we want to do is make sure that we are. We go in there somewhere because like there's always unexpected stuff happening. Always unexpected Um, And if we tie this back to what we said we're going to talk about. Yeah. I think it's important that we start having a, a conversation about what are the things that we can actually do to be proactive around making it so that this doesn't happen, so that we remove ourselves from that mindset yeah. and that we ultimately don't have the massive up, down, up, down with big jumps. Mm. We have small variances. Yeah. Yep. So we talk yeah. on a proactive level and then maybe a little bit reactive. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I also want to talk about that, like that fear and how you can take that out by prepping, like by just preparing your yep. business for, you know, okay, I think... X is going to happen. Mm-hmm. Why don't we start preparing for that? Or just X in could case? happen. It could happen. Yep. Yeah. Well, I think it comes down to what's your risk appetite as well. I think so. That, for that, me, I like to be over prepared because I'm like, okay, there's a risk. How can I minimize the risk so I prepare a little bit more? 
question for you though if you're new to business and you don't know the fluctuations that happen throughout the year how can you kind of safeguard yourself against these these fluctuations and get some awareness around where these low places would be financially yeah um so i would do a cash flow forecast and don't overspend stick to your budget you should have you you don't have to have a very detailed budget but you need to have an idea of where am i going what's going to come out in the next few months and then stick to that and put the money aside that you know is going to come out so i think especially if you're new to business the biggest mistake you can make is um just think oh i'll deal with 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 that money going out of the account later and i'll i'll get someone else on board and they pay me and i'll just pay that with that money um i think if you get into that habit of not overspending um and being smart about that part from the beginning you're miles ahead of anyone else starting a business and we need to have some form of buffer right yeah yeah definitely and for me especially if you think scary times are coming i would build a bigger buffer now Mm-hmm. And just, you know, to be honest, the best businesses we see are the ones that have a good cash buffer, uh, a safety net, mm-hmm. if you want to say that, because those owners as well, they are able to take a little bit more risk and, you know, just say, okay, cool, I need to do this. I can finance that because I've been smart with my money mm-hmm. and I don't spend every single cent that I've got. I've got a cushion so I can diversify i can try something new that will pay me more in the end they don't they don't have that limiting factor Mm. where they can't do anything and they have peace of mind too and saying if it doesn't work i will still be okay and we'll go into a different direction we just react to what happens if we're talking about a a time frame buffer of of, you know is it one month is it two months yeah what how, how do you establish that number in a really simple way. Like I know that we have our complex calculators that we use with our clients. Yeah. But in a really simple way, how can you establish what that buffer could or should look like? Well, for me, it would be you would always want to be able to pay your bills at the end of the month. Mm-hmm. So, and and to be honest, I personally, like there's an awesome like accounting ratio there that you want to have as many current assets. So anything that you can turn into cash quickly. Um, mm-hmm. So at least one-to-one, but you want to be really able to pay your debts twice over. So you want to have twice the assets to your liabilities. Mm-hmm. Yep. So let's just say as an example, the expenses for a business over a month equate to 20 grand. You would want to have at least 40. Yep, as your buffer. As your buffer in the bank yep. and available to draw on fairly quickly. Yep. Now, it, that's over the month. But let's say that realistically, where that means if the the, the business's uh, expenses are twenty k a month, yep. that's five k a week that's going out. Yeah, would it be fair to say that you want to have ten k sitting in your bank account at, any- at the end at, at any given yeah. time over a weekly basis? Yeah. Yep. So for me, I would like that's like I already mentioned. I like to like, minimize risk. Mm-hmm. I uh, for me, I'd be like, okay, if that makes you feel uncomfortable and that's not like you can try this out, but if that 10K is not enough, even though you know you've got 5K coming out, what if someone doesn't pay you? Yep. Like for me, I'm like, you know what? Aim higher than you have to. Yep. Like think twice as much as you think you need or even three times as much. Yep. Um, And then just keep your bank account at that level before you go and spend big amounts on something new. Yep. Because with that, there's, there's peace of mind. Exactly. You know, I think that's, one of the things that gets overlooked, you know, having that peace of mind 
gives you the comfort and courage to go into that next month with a clear mindset. Yeah. And there's so many other things that we have to operate and, 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 you know, focus on as a business owner. It's really important that, you know, in the back of our minds, we're not in fear from day one of the month. Yeah. Yeah. So first big, first big thing that you're stating in the the money side is have a buffer. Have a buffer. Yep. Have a buffer. And you've given a great example of how to establish what that number looks like for the listeners. Yeah. Right? Coming from your side with the coaching that you do, what would be a way in that space to kind of like prep or to make sure that you feel comfortable around the risk in business for prepping for things that might go wrong down the future? Yeah, I think you know, looking from a sales and marketing perspective, Yep. I think you touched on it earlier. It's it's about consistently doing your outreach, consistently mm-hmm. working on your, your marketing and not just kind of setting it and forgetting it. Yep. You know, there's this habit that I see all the time of people do a lot of outreach and they do a lot of work on their marketing. They get really busy and then they abandon it only to find themselves in a month, two months time yeah. looking around desperate for work. Yep. So, you know, as a business owner, I think, you know, you really have to get into your head that the sales and marketing component of attracting customers is one of the fun, most fundamental, important things that you have to do. If you have customers, if you have money coming in, there is no problem that cannot be solved. So therefore you have to allocate time every week to be actively doing your outreach. And so what that looks like is getting out there, sending out emails, finding your new possibilities, new customers, new potential clients, um, getting on the phone, calling those clients, building relationships, yep, taking it to that next step of actually going out and seeing clients. And you just need to build this into your day-to-day practice. Like as you're traveling around from one job to the next, you drive past the customer's premises, a potential customer, you get in the habit of stopping in there once a month. We have to consistently keep following these through. And one of the things that I see all the time is that we'll get you know, 70% of the way. We might send an email, we might make a phone call, and then a lot of the time it just drops off. Yeah, oh, I got too busy to be up to do the next step. Absolutely. Yeah. But and it's, then it's, it's a that, month later and you haven't done any. And it's that last yep. 30% and doing that consistently, which is what gets the results. Yep. Like I'd say 90% of that work comes from that last 30% that you do. And, um, you know, you really just have to be consistent. Yep. I and think- would you also say that... Um, diversification comes in there yeah, look you, you definitely have to have many different lead sources and lead engines you can't always be reliant on one yep you know, if we look back to you know what happened with facebook uh you know a couple of years ago with the changes with apple mm-hmm. and you know so if you had a really successful uh facebook advertising campaign yeah and then something changes within that campaign and all of a sudden your leads now drop to 20 percent of what you were getting before you're going to find yourself at a really difficult place also, you know, we've got to look at the industries that we're approaching as well. Yep. If we're too heavily just in one space, then, you know, let's say there are interest rate rises and you, you work predominantly with builders yeah. and you don't have, you know... Res- the amount of renovations aren't happening that used to because of new purchases. Exactly mm-hmm. right. You need to have other areas of your business that yep. will now prop you up. Yeah. Um, if you if you find yourself in that, in that space, again, you start to make really irrational decisions. Um, and, you know, it can be quite chaotic. So you've just constantly got to be diversifying, looking at what your competition is doing. Like this has to be a real constant in your day-to-day, week-to-week business life. Yep. Same with like if you 80% of your income comes from one customer, think ahead. Yeah. Like what happens if that customer drops off? Yeah. yeah. So really, you know, plan ahead and think, am I putting all my eggs in one basket 
where can I provide value to other people mm. and a service and how can I not be um, in a risky position in case something happens to this one customer? Mm. Because, you know, if it's 20% of your income, that's going to be easier to make up if that 20% drops off um, rather than if 80% comes from the same source, what yeah. happens if they leave? Um, what is your security? Like, have you got a long-term contract or something? You know, yep. is there anything that secures you in that case? If not, think and plan ahead. In that space, when we're talking the project space, we keep hearing about it almost every week where a big builder has gone under, mm-hmm. you know, and we're talking about debts of millions. Mm-hmm. And there's smaller contractors or smaller companies that are owed massive amounts of money or even small amounts of money. And owed $10,000 or $40,000 or $100,000 can crush a small business. Yep. And so I think what's really important in that is to also make sure that, yep, even if you do have these really nice spread diverse mix, that you are always collecting payments. Yes. You know, progress payments. We see it all the time yeah. where someone is owed 40 grand. You know, we were talking to a client the other day and this was the second time he's had to do it in the past month where he'd had to put in and file to courts to receive 100 grand from someone. And he, he was lucky to get that back. You know, he didn't get back the full amount, but he was paid close to that. And then he was putting another claim in for $120,000 that a builder owed him. And I was blown away that, and it was before he'd been with us, that he'd allowed it to even get close to that. You know, so if we're talking about having mass amounts of money that are outstanding and owed to you, you need to identify that's a part of your risk. Mm. Yep. If you're not doing it, we were talking to a guy yesterday Mm. who has gone a bit slack on his invoicing. Yeah. And he hasn't invoiced properly for the last couple of months. Yeah. And he's owed almost 100 grand across lots and lots of different people. But the reality is if we're talking about a pinch coming on the economy, maybe. If you're, trying to, if you're trying to chase someone up three months down the track, mm-hmm. so yeah. you need to have that consistent call out for your invoices to be paid. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, no one here is a bank. No. I, I doubt any bank owners are listening to us right now, you know, so. <laughs> and if you aren't a bank, then don't act like one. Yeah. Go get your money and, you know, and get paid when you're meant to be paid. If yeah. you can't handle that much risk, then you need to diversify the customers that you're dealing yes. with. Yeah, we do that with a lot of our clients. Those that heavily focus in the project space and might not get paid 30 to 60 days after, we'll build out a small component of their business that covers their operational yeah. expenses on a upfront payment or a paid within seven days mm-hmm. style of business because they can guarantee the cash flow cash is coming flow. in consistently mm-hmm. to cover their operational expenses. And then the other stuff almost becomes profit. Yeah. And that's a really nice space to sit in where you're not worrying about covering your business costs. Yep. Yep. It also just takes that that, oh my God, what am I going to do? I'm running out of cash <laughs> moment out. Yep. And you know, what happens if one person doesn't pay you? Mm-hmm. So there's always that risk. So um, yeah, with the invoicing, the longer you leave it, the harder it will get to collect. Yep. And guys, you've already done the work. You know, just it's very easy to then um, send out that invoice and collect because you've provided the service and um, you've done a good job. So the hardest part is done. Now you just have to, you know, make sure you know you're worth it and you're like entitled to be paid. Yeah. So. One of the favorite things that I actually I love when our clients get to this point. And that point is when they stop doing the quoting and invoicing. Mm. And they've actually handed that off to an admin or additional staff because it massively removes that. It becomes someone's job. As business owners, there's not many people that hold us accountable. I mean, that's a beautiful part of coaching, but there's not many people that hold us accountable to the tasks we have to do every day. Mm -hmm. And so if one of our jobs is to do the invoicing, 
you know, you can get to this point where you're a week behind. And if you're a week behind in a big service-based business, that could be 100 invoices. Yeah, That's a lot to catch up on and it's a lot of money. And so one of the favourite moments I have with clients is when they've handed that off and they start seeing that working yeah. and they see that there's someone else now having the responsibility to make sure the money's coming in. And someone else stays on top of it. Because yep. yeah, it's, yeah. it's their job. Yeah. It's their job. So, you know, yeah. it keeps going and you focus on the outreach and make sure like that part of the business is, or whatever your genius is, where you're stepping into. Yep. Um, you know, it, it just keeps going and the money keeps coming in. Yep. So for me, you've talked about having the buffer. Mm -hmm. You've talk, talked about having a great diversified lead source and making sure there's consistent outreach occurring mm -hmm. and that ultimately like there's new clients appearing as frequently as we can. For myself, there's the ability to price right. We see too many people jump into um, our platform and their prices are ridiculously low and there's no profit. And therefore they are consistently chasing cash coming into their business to pay their bills. Mm -hmm. And then they have this fear that if they put their prices up to where it should be, Yep, and understand the market determines that, but also you and what you provide determines that. It also determines, like it's determined by how you run your business. Yes. So, you know, if your overheads are very, very low, so your running costs and, you you know, your rent, your accounting fees, your bank fees, like all that stuff, if that's very low and um, your fees in general, like or your costs are very low, you can charge less and, you know, yep. still be okay. Yep. Or you, need to you could charge more down. and charge the same as what the market's charging and yep. make more profit. Yes, exactly. Yep. So, so that space there is so important, especially when you're prepping for what could be coming in, in a negative external space, like a recession, like a downturn in whatever, like a builder going under, like anything. If you've been pricing to maximize your profit, you actually have to do less work. Because we also have that little bit of a safety margin. You, do. you know, you've got, you've yeah. got, and you can calculate what your safety margin is. Like you can actually know exactly my income could drop by X and I'll still be okay. Yeah. Um, so, you know, if you price yourself right, and I think it should be the right pricing and it always comes down to supply and demand, yep. how you run your business. Um, and you have to understand your numbers. Yep. So it always comes it comes back to that. Yeah. But yeah, look at the competition as well. Like have a look at what they are doing and see how you fit in there and yeah. how your service fits in there. The big part of it is that you don't ever want to win on price. You know, so if you're sitting there listening to this and you're like, he's told me to put my prices up by $10 an hour or $15 an hour or whatever it is. I'm saying that that's what we want to do. We want to sit at the top of the market, but we want to make sure that our value stack, yeah. what we offer the client is at the top of the market it has as to well. Backed with the value yeah. stack. It exactly. needs to be in line with the product or yeah. the service. Yep. So therefore, and this is the beautiful thing about profit, the bigger the amount of profit that you can make, the more you can add. So let's say right now you are, you know what, your cost of operations, your break-even hourly rate is 96 bucks. Let's just say that's what it is. And you're charging 100 There's only $4 difference there. And therefore, how can you add any extra value to what the client gets. You can't. $4 gives you nothing. But if you can ultimately, yep, through really, really great accounting and management of your back end and cost of operations, get that down to 70 and therefore you charge 120, you've got $50 to play with there. You can give a heck of a lot of value mm -hmm. in that. It's kind of like mechanic shops that also offer a car clean. I could tell you what, they're not giving you anything free. You're paying, yep, for, you're paying, you're for, paying for it. For it. You're being charged that in the actual cost that you're paying 
but yet it feels like a value add. Mm -hmm. You know, you get in that car after the, you know, you're like, oh my God, it's running perfect now. And not only that, it looks pristine. Mm -hmm. It smells. And I only have to go to the one place and get it done. You know, and they delivered it back to my office. Mm -hmm. It's like, yep, cool. But you paid for that. Mm -hmm. But what we want to do is we want to look at our pricing and look at our businesses and work out how we can give people the most value and charge X for that. And for me, if we talk about, you know, making it so that we aren't worrying so much about, you know, downturns and so forth, it's that the second we stop trying to compete compete on price. We stop worrying about what other people are doing. We stop worrying about what the cheapest possible yeah. rate out there is. We win straight away. Yeah. You know, we have the ability to, someone goes, you know, we talk, let's talk about a PowerPoint for a second. You know, one person's PowerPoint might be 175 and other ones might be 250. But with the 251, I get an, I get an automatic upgrade to a USB PowerPoint. That in itself could be seen as enough value. Mm. We add this, we add that, we add as much as we can to that product. Mm. That additional stuff can be the reason that you win at 250 and you beat someone at 170. It's, it's the lifetime workmanship. Yes. It's I, I, all that yeah, stuff. All that stuff. We should and cover that in another session. Okay. Yeah, I also think it's um, how do you turn up? So, yeah. you know, it's, it's the whole package that you're getting. Yes, you can go cheaper, but, you know, you might deal with someone who's, rude who is like leaves their shoes on when they come into your house and you know little things someone like who's that. reliable turns up on yeah. time oh, provides let's, but let's you know what let's do this one in its own podcast yeah. right. let's talk a whole thing about that but i'm trying to say though is yep you um you know you want to be better than your competition you do you want to be the same and, you know that helps you prepare for scary times yep. as well and, and knowing you're the best and google yeah. reviews are such a big part of the buying experience these days so all these additional benefits that you give to a client is going to add to that experience and which is ultimately going to add to how your business appears on google yep yep all of those things yep. okay so we've talked about a bit of the proactive and you got any other any other tips pointers in the proactive space how do we proactively make it so that our business is able to, to go through this. We've got buffers. We've got diversification and continuation of outsource. I've talked a little bit about making sure we maximize the profit and we don't worry about too much what we're charging and trying to be the cheapest. I think I already talked about like having a cash flow forecast. Yep, cash flow forecast. Yeah. I think we've got to talk about how you manage the fear. Oh, yep, okay. Because, yeah. you know, the, you can be doing all these things, but you can. I see time and time again people getting stuck in this story because – other people might not be doing the things that you are and they're feeling the fear and they're feeling the pinch. Yeah. I think it's really important that we talk about how we manage that and how we continue on. Stories can be dangerous in business. I was talking with a client maybe three weeks ago now and you, I've listened to you talk to him as well about the same thing and he's been sitting in a fear of um, hiring and how much he should pay his staff. Mm. And it's because of his listening to lots of these people around him tell him that he shouldn't be paying X. Mm. And that's a story. They've got no factual basis on that. And we know as coaches what it takes to acquire good good staff and mm. keep them on a consistent basis and all those kind of things. Let's be honest. They're, they're, they're saying it yep. because they don't want to pay their staff. That exactly. Much. That's the only reason. Yeah. And so if we come back to the story that we tell ourselves and the story that we keep on hearing, I think one of the easiest ways to actually remove a component of that fear is to Stop surrounding ourselves with people mm. that talk that narrative. Mm -hmm. Stop listening to the news that continuously is pumping that narrative into yeah, our head. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like I can tell you, I'm excited. Mm. Like I'm genuinely excited about the fact that there is so much 
fear talk out there because at the end of the day, if this comes, I know that what we've built and in the businesses that I have, we will sit at the top. We will crush the competition because of what we offer. Mm. And I think that's something that if we want to talk about fear, it's one, remove yourself from the fear and listening to the fear, but understand that you are in control of that narrative for yourself. And if you ultimately have the best outcome, the best product, the best whatever, it's not going to matter. You know what? I'll tell you whose sales won't go down during anything, any downturn, Apple. I was going to say you, you love Apple, don't I'm you? sitting here right now. Yeah. And you know what? Like I myself, I've done this calculation a few times and I reckon over my lifetime, I've bought, I, I have no idea. On me during the day, I have an iPad Pro. I've got a laptop. I've got a desktop. I've got a phone. I've got AirPods. And if I've, they came out with something new, you'd have that pairs. too. Like I've got several <laughs> pairs of AirPods. Like, like I'm, I'm a walking 20 grand Apple just on me. Yeah. And it's like, they won't go down. Why? Because they are so confident in their product. Do you think they're going to start discounting? No. 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 They just have brand loyalty because they've yep. been consistently showing up with and the value. You know, People line up provide. to buy their product. Yeah. yeah. Um. So we're all Apple users, but you know. There's some people moving away from it, but I still think some other people will be like, no, I'm finally changing to it. So, yeah. you know, there's, I think you're absolutely right. Like, you and know, what, what is that? It, it's because it works and it's reliable and you know what you're getting, you yep. know, and they've built their brand around that. Mm -hmm. And you can do the same as a business owner. You just have to provide premium service yep. and a product that uh, goes above the competitors and just works. Yep. We all we all have Apple. Does any, anyone know of a more expensive brand? No, but we happily go and fork out for it. Mm -hmm. And we will continually keep on forking out for it no matter what. Mm -hmm. And I think that's the big part of this is like remove that story, remove those people that are sitting around talking to you about it and surround yourself with more Apple users. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like more, go line up and like, make some friends. And you know what? <laughs> if I hear someone like in over somewhere and they're like, oh, I hate Apple, Android all the way, I'm like, I'm removing myself from that conversation. <laughs> and I want you as business owners to start doing the same thing. When you hear someone talking about something that doesn't help your own mindset, remove, remove yourself. yourself. Have like surround yourself with people. And that's why I love our program. You talk about a great community. You talk about coaches. You talk about all these things that are ultimately uplifting and supporting people to grow and scale their business and their lives. We aren't sitting there worrying about shit. Someone brings that up in a conversation in our sessions and it's like, nah, man, cut that out. Okay, you've got that thought, you've got that that fear. What can you do to capitalize on it? This is what you need to do. Yeah, how are you going to crush the competition? Mm -hmm. yep. So I want to, I want to say something. Oh yeah, I do. I really. I'm just like. If you come out with an Android comment, I swear <laughs> to God, I'll be removed from this conversation. Yep. Um, no, I actually just want to say, if you are in that mindset where you sort of on the fence, you're like, I want to go for it, but I'm scared. Do your due diligence. Like just, yep. you know, ask some people that you know will actually give you good answers in saying they don't just tell you what you want to hear, but they give you honest answers mm -hmm. on how to get out of the situation you're in or, you know, are you in that position to move on? Um, and then sometimes you just have to basically go, okay, I've done my checks. I'm okay to go. I just have to now do it. Mm -hmm. And I think you just have to act even though you're scared. Um, and not just keep in that same space. But there's nothing wrong with just asking a couple of people. And for me, if it comes to a financial space, 
ask someone who you go and you pay them a little bit of money, go see your accountant, get some advice, like, and and it will just make you feel better about it because yeah. um, you've done your research and you've asked someone who can actually help you with it. Yeah. So if, if there's like something like that really worrying you, like there's nothing wrong with just going, okay, cool. I'm just going to check. I'm going to do a bit of research. Like don't overanalyze because by the time you have all the information, you're too late. I gave you that look because you analysis are. Analysis Yeah. Like I will do You've more research. You've got a mix of it, but you but, do the research, but you don't allow yourself to sit in. What did you say? Yeah, analysis paralysis. Analysis paralysis. Yeah. You still but act. I still like, and I think that's, you know, you just have to go, okay, I've got, I think I've got enough now. I'm going to go for it. And I think it's good that, you know, you've got someone, if you're like me, I can relate to that. Um, but I still sometimes have to just go, no, okay, I've done enough research now. I'm just going to go for it. And uh, you otherwise you just get stuck. You're yep. just going to read that next book and the next book and yep. the next article. But there's nothing wrong with like crossing the T's and checking your eyes or whatever it's called and just, you know, dotting your eyes. And then, you know, you're making an informed, informed decision and then you go for it. But if you're someone who just never acts, put a date on it and you say, okay, yep. I'm giving myself to then and then I'll make that decision and I'm going to go for it. Yeah. And then once you do go for it, you have to go for it. Exactly. You can't be yeah. in two minds. Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, there's no need for you to jump in blind. It's always good to like just do a bit of research and go for it after yeah. that. And like you said, like I, I used to know a lot, like I used to converse a lot with these kinds of people that were massively informative and they had a massive amount of information you know, they were always reading always listening to podcasts always audiobooks always consuming but never doing doing yeah mm-hmm. and i think that if we want to talk about removing ourselves from that fear state is set yourself a date set yourself a goal set yourself a target sure consume the, the information but consume it from the right places whether some of the people we hang around whether some of the information we ourselves put ourselves out to mm-hmm. and then once you've got x just go and do something. Yeah. Stop sitting there worrying about, you know, what could go wrong, X and Y, fear, false evidence appearing real. Stop worrying about all these things and just go and do something. Like take action because you'll then at least be further forward than you were before. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, yes. you know, if that first hurdle is still too big, just make that hurdle smaller and start with acting on something Break smaller. It Break yeah. it down. Yep. Like, you know, mini habits, atomic habits, just like start. Yep. Don't, don't one foot in front of the other consistency over time will equal results oh mate you are dropping it today again yeah. <laughs> i like it i like it okay so we've talked about some proactive stuff some things we can do before the fact okay mm. then we came into fear how do we ever get that uh, overcome that act just do it whatever let's say that we are in a space now where we are noticing that things are starting to feel a little tight yep we're feeling like okay maybe i haven't prepped the way that i would have liked to and I'm now in a reactive time slot. What are some things that I can do in the moment right now? Like if I'm going to give myself a list over the next month, March, March, make it happen. Yep. What could I do this month to make it so that I'm going to, yes, be reactive to what's happened, but also move through what I'm in and also come out the other side on a really bright and light space? I think I think you have to get out of that fear and put in the action that we've yep. been talking about. So if you're quiet right now, Start picking up the phone. Start sending out emails. Start contacting customers. Cool. Give me a number. Right now, let's say I'm a I'm a business owner and I've got three people, three billable resources, three workers that I've got to make sure I've got work. Mm-hmm. How much should I be picking up the phone? 
At least two hours, cool. I would say three, ideally. So two to three hours a week, pick up the phone, start calling. Mm-hmm. Would I go and pick maybe this week I'm going to go after one type of business and then next week after another? Yeah. What does it look like? Yeah, I think break it down into the industry you want to target. Yep. And be really, really specific around who and what you're saying. Yep. Basically, you want to find problem and solution. So if it's real estates, you know, here are the problems that real estates experience. Yep. Uh, and here are the solutions that we've found to those problems. Yep. And just repeat the process, improving it every single time. You're going to come up against the same problems and you're going to have the same solutions. So it's easier to pair them together and and just really go after a specific target. Cool. You want to know something I don't want people doing? What's that? And it's something that annoys me so much. And I understand why it's done, but it's when people go and do like a full market segment analysis. They'll go and write this massive marketing plan about how they're going to move forward. And they spend weeks and hours or whatever. Like at this point, if you are feeling like you're in a reactive space, don't do theoretical shit. Yeah. Go and just do the work. Pick up the phones and call like you've said. Because there's an illusion in that. It yep. feels like you're working. It nah. feels like you're doing the outreach. Nah. It's just you lying to yourself. If there's avoidance going on, you need to push through it. Yeah. It's you sanding a wall that doesn't need to be sanded. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So right? pick up the phone, give people a call. Better yet, go out and see them. Cool. In your space, if we're talking about being reactive, what's one thing you can do right now? You're in a bit of shit. What's something you could do? Um, set priorities. Yep. Um, keep your relationships with people, like especially like suppliers and stuff. Call like people if things, like if you yeah. owe someone some money, Don't avoid just them. give them a call yeah. and just let them know what's happening and establish a bit of a payment plan. Communication yeah. is good. Yep. And um, yeah, so I mean, going back to prepping before, but you know, if you the less debt you have, the better you'll be now. But if you're in that situation, like I said, like look at finance options. What can you afford? And just talk to, you know, some different options there. What's what's the best for you if you need to go down that track? And do it as early as possible. Don't wait to the last minute. Um, that's probably one of the things that, you know, be proactive about that when you have to react. Just look at what are your options? How can you move forward? And, um, yeah, don't put your head in the sand and just ignore it. Um, you know, the longer you wait to catch up, uh, the debt, if you have debt, it won't get smaller. Like, you just have to like, start acting now. Yep. My one's going to be an interesting one for me. I, I normally talk about, you know, um, like lead gen, building your way out, like revenue scale out of a thing, out of a problem. Um, but I'm going to go the other way. And I would say if you're currently sitting in it and you're feeling that pinch already, um, really try and double down on what you're spending. Yep. Really have a look at it and go, okay, do I need to put the guys through this solar course? No. Do I really need to uh, go and, you know, spend that 10K on whatever? You know, do I need to go and buy a bike? Like whatever it is, at this point in time with what's coming, with what you might feel is coming or what you might feel you're currently sitting in, hold a bit more cash. Yep. yep hold a little bit more. And you know what? Spend in July. Spend in whatever, June, June July, that area of the, the that period of the, time, the year when you've been told, hey, you've got this spare cash, spend it now. Yeah. So instead of spending now, now when you might think, oh, it's sitting there, hold it. Hold yep. on to what you've got and then wait until, you know what, someone like an accountant says, hey, this is what we can do at this point in time. Yeah. So that would be mine. Mm-hmm. Mine would be if you're feeling that pinch, hold as much as you can. This is a, this is me like all year round. <laughs> yeah, I know. I, know. Exactly. I didn't even think of that. <laughs> I, know, I, would, I thought that was what we were going to be doing and that's why I was like, well, I'm going to say it. And it's the opposite of what I would ever say. But I think that, like I said, this is if you are feeling like you're in it. 
Mm -hmm. This is if you are feeling like it is something that is there for you. As I've said, I myself look at this as a great opportunity. I see so many businesses are going to go under mm -hmm. that haven't prepped, that haven't done the work, that, you know what, haven't got the systems, haven't got their lead gen, haven't got their sales systems, haven't got their accounts in order, all those things. And for the businesses that have, they're going to be able to pounce. They're going to take customer base like never tomorrow. They're going to take staff. Yeah, yeah. they're going to take staff. They're going to take customers. <laughs> they're going to take money. I think another really important thing right now is put your hand up and ask for help if yeah. you need it. Yep. You know, yeah. If you don't know what you're doing, if you've been pricing yourself incorrectly, if you don't know how to attract customers, you don't know how to do these things, reach out and find people that do, whether yep. that's business coaching, whether it's going to see an accountant, getting advice like whether it's just surrounding yourself with a new group of friends find a business network yeah you know like whatever it be but it's it's never too late to start yep yep i like it same anyone else anyone got anything else they want to finally drop in there a final piece no 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 i, like I think it. we covered a lot i think we did cover a lot um we're gonna wrap it up then thanks for listening guys see ya see you soon Oh.